0: Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Welcome to the Hudson Institute. Um, To begin our program, it is a great pleasure to invite uh, our Vice President, John Walters, for his welcoming remarks. John.
1: Thank you, Jaime. Um, I welcome you to the Betsy and Wally Stern Policy Center here at Hudson Institute. Um, I couldn't be more pleased to uh, uh, be able to thank Ambassador Darren Bloom for setting up this program. He'll introduce our speaker and uh, I don't want to take time much time from the event but I want to just note that this event is part of the continuing series that Ambassador Darren Bloom's allowed us to present about uh, uh, important issues and uh, important allies in our own neighborhood. We spend an awful lot of time in Washington talking sometimes about our enemies and sometimes about our frenemies and sometimes uh, neglect our friends and those who are uh, struggling with their own uh, problems and uh, where we can be uh, uh, better neighbors if we understand them better. So uh, I want to thank my colleague, Ambassador Jaime Derenbloom for uh, uh, allowing us to put a, a series together on some of those topics and issues. Uh, I also think the coverage in Washington think tankdom is sometimes uh, uh, a little lacking and a little one-sided. Uh, let me also just say, because uh, uh, while many of you know uh, Ambassador Darren Bloom well, some of you don't, and this is streaming out on the Internet to uh, uh, others that are uh, probably not as familiar with his work, Darren um, Bloom is a senior fellow here at Hudson, he's also director of our Center for Latin American Studies. Uh, he is a scholar of Latin America in, uh, in international politics and international economics. Uh, he joined Hudson as a senior fellow and director of the Center for Latin American Studies in 2005. He served as ambassador of Costa Rica to the United States from 1998 to 2004. Prior to assuming his post as ambassador, he was a professor at distinguished, in several distinguished institutions. He practiced law. He was a foreign policy advisor. He has written uh, a number of books and many, many articles. And I'm pleased to say that he's still writing now, uh, uh, as well as directing this Center on Latin American Politics and Economics. He's also testified multiple times before the US Congress and helped better understand US and Latin American relations in a number of dimensions. I've worked with him on both economics, foreign affairs, and for my old uh, uh, past government service on the issue of illegal drugs and transnational crime. Uh, He's able to talk in a way that helps people here understand people in the hemisphere that they don't get to see and don't think about enough, as I say. He has spoken at numerous international meetings, and I'm pleased to say that uh, he'll help direct our program today. I won't take any more of his time and that of our distinguished speaker. I'll let him introduce him at this time. But thank you, Jaime, for this segment. Thank you, John.
0: You have been a great friend and big support to our Latin American program. Thank you. Brazil is a country that will always remain very close to me. I spent my early years at the International Monetary Fund as the desk officer for Brazil. After nearly four years in that position, On innumerable missions and technical visits and discussions with Brazilian officials, I learned to understand better and love this special country. Of course, that was a long time ago, longer than I would like to admit. But getting to know and work with uh, Roberto Campos, Delphine Neto, and other luminaries of Brazil's return to democratic life, was worthwhile. Today, many defining things are happening in that great nation. For a better understanding of current developments in Brazil, we have invited the best of Brazilian diplomacy. My dear former colleague as Ambassador to the United States, and always a dear friend, Ambassador Rubens Barbosa nobody better for this task. <coughs> and without any further ado, I invite him to the podium for his learned words. Well, more right.
2: well, good morning, and uh, I'm very pleased to be back to uh, Washington uh, and uh, I speak uh, uh, here uh, on, on Brazil. I see a few familiar friends of my time here, very, uh, was very happy here, good uh, uh, experience in, in this uh, capital. Back in Brazil now, I do a, a few things there, and uh, keep uh, 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 coming to Washington and meeting friends here. Uh, I was asked to speak on, on what's happening in Brazil uh, this year and next year. Uh, I, I'll, I'll try to give a few uh, glimpses of what is happening there, and uh, I'll concentrate also on the election that's coming. Uh, in uh, 2018, uh, in 2025 20, minutes, it will be very difficult to to, to try to uh, uh, concentrate a uh, whole uh, host of. Uh, uh, events that are taking place there, I decided to select four or five points. And, uh, and, uh, and then, uh, if you wish, we could uh, debate uh, on other aspects. Uh, on the political scene, I will concentrate on political scene and uh, in, the co- in the economy. Uh, in, uh, first in 2017, what is happening uh, today? But I I think that, for those who are not uh, very familiar with the the Brazilian situation, uh, the background of everything that is happening in Brazil uh, was the the 13 years in which uh, the Workers' Party uh, was in government there. For 13 years, Lula and then Dilma Rousseff, Managed or mismanaged the country, as I see it, in a, in a very incompetent way with wrong policies, uh, as we see now, corruption. And uh, it was a very ideological uh, period in Brazil. And uh, uh, the, the result of these uh, 13 years uh, is. The, the 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 most serious crisis that Brazil has ever faced in uh, uh, in in history. Uh, we have a, a, a three crisis, simultaneous crisis, interacting one over the other: a political crisis, an economic crisis, and an ethical uh, crisis. Uh, on top of that, we had last year, in 16 the impeachment of the of the president. And this generated a number of uncertainties, as you can imagine. So whatever I, I will say here, you have to bear in mind this background. It's not out of the blue. It has 13 years of a, 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 a party in government that uh, uh, did everything, in my view, contrary to the, our national interest on uh, defending an ideological cause and making associations with foreign countries ideologically, whatever. So this is the background. Last year, as I said, we had the impeachment. There was a serious uh, threat of, uh, of uh, uh, institutional crisis. We overcame that. Uh, and uh, we reached uh, 2017. Uh, this year, in the political area, uh, the scenario is uh, again uncertainties. Uh, the first point I, I should stress is that uh, uh, despite of uh, a uh, uh, the, 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 uh, president that has the lowest popularity in history in Brazil, despite the, the crisis in the Congress, uh, the lack of political parties with uh, clear uh, programs, despite of the crisis in the economy, despite of the corruption and all the the testimony that are being given is exposing politicians because despite of everything we are approving fundamental reforms surprisingly we are moving ahead like uh, never before we we approved uh, for latin american standards this is important uh, we approved a ceiling for the expenditure, the government expenditure. We approved a, a, an education reform. We approved a, a legislation to, to, to correct some uh, questions that were raised in relation to the state-owned companies. There is a number of, uh, of measures, and we are discussing now now, today, uh, uh, social security reform, a labor reform, and at the end, uh, to, towards the end of the year, we're going to discuss a, f- a fiscal reform, a tax tax reform, and a political reform. Uh, so, uh, it, it is a, it is a, 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 a very a, a unusual situation the country in the political area, in a very bad shape, very difficult questions all over, and the Congress approving reforms that uh, uh, other countries had to approve during dictatorships. Uh, We are in a democracy, we are doing a free discussion, there are huge opposition from from the, the workers, from the unions, huge opposition in some parties, but the problem is managing to, to approve them. Why? Why? What ex- you, you can say that uh, explains the situation? My, my interpretation is that uh, the president who succeeded Dilma Rousseff after the impeachment uh, is a, a very able politician. He has been three times Speaker of the House in the past. And uh, he has been for 15 years leader, president, in Brazil is different from from here. A, a politician is the, the, the chief, the head of, of party, of a party in Brazil. And he has been for 15 years president of the PMDB, who is the centrist, the, the largest party in Brazil. So he 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 he, well, the events put him in a, in a position that uh, he had no alternative. He had two years from mid-16 uh, uh, to October uh, 18. He is a, a interim uh, government. So it's, uh, he, will, he will complete the term, uh, Dumas Rousseff term. And uh, he, he uh, decided that uh, he's not going to run in 2018, and uh, he had no option. Either he approved th- those reforms and uh, would modernize, begin the modernization of the country, or he, w- he would uh, f- fail completely. No, and uh, if he approves this, those reforms, and as I said, the labor reform has been approved in the lower house and will be approved, I think, in the Senate. And the Social Security will be voted towards the end of the month. And I think it will be approved. If he approves those two reforms, plus the tax reform and plus the political reform, he will go in history as one of the most successful presidents in the history with all this mess that uh, in the political scene. So this is one feature of the political scene. A second point is the the corruption and all the investigation done by the Attorney General and the uh, lawyers and and this is affecting uh, politicians, affecting businessmen and uh, I like to say that uh, from the Brazilian point of view this is an asset, it's not a liability to Brazil. Because few countries have put in jail the, the uh, Speaker of the House, very important ministers, uh, José Dirceu, Palocci, very important ministers from the Lula's period, the most uh, uh, important uh, businessman, uh, the, the the head of Odebrecht, and a number of others at all levels. So uh, w- w- this means that uh, the institutions are working. the The judiciary has the last word. Uh, the the attorneys, the attorney general, and others are doing their job. The Congress is respecting. This, this, those decisions, and, uh, and the country assists every, every day new uh, facts that are unveiled by these uh, testimonies that are given. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, he, and I think, I sincerely think that this will change the country because uh, I think that the dose was too much. Uh, countries have, at the lower level, petty corruption, uh, but at the scale that uh, Odebrecht managed to uh, discuss with the government and uh, uh, the, the, the kind of uh, uh, organization that they put together, the government and uh, Odebrecht and other uh, building companies, uh, had no parallel in Brazil and uh, not in, in our region. I don't think that the scale was so so huge. So this this uh, lava jato, as we call there, uh, and the money involved. For you to, to have an idea, one, uh, just one example, not a, the not a president of Petrobras or a director of Petrobras, a manager of Petrobras decided to give back to the government a hundred million dollars that he had abroad. A manager, you imagine the scale only in Petrobras, and, uh, and the government is cashing a, a, a big amount of money. So, it, it is a, it, this is a, a, a factor that will change the, the approach to corruption uh, in Brazil. A fourth aspect, uh, in, in political terms, is the, the situation of Lula and Dilma. Uh, as, as you know, uh, the Workers' Party is well organized and they started uh, uh, a campaign abroad and in Brazil saying that uh, what happened last year with uh, with impeachment was a coup d'etat. It was a uh, coup, as we say there, uh, and uh, that this is an illegitimate government. And now with these testimonies, they are denying everything. But the amount of evidence that is being uh, brought to the attention of the attorneys and the, the, the judiciary, is huge. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, probably the, the two of them will be indicted, and uh, they, they, they will they will say abroad that they, they are uh, they they are saying saying already that uh, that uh, José Dirceu Palocci, the former head of staff and the, for the former finance minister, they are. Political prisoners. There's nothing of the sort. No, they are crooks. No, <laughs> I mean. But uh, but there's a rhetoric that uh, is is going up to the election. I'll, I'll talk about that. So it's uh, it remains to be seen how will be the uh, the public reaction to uh, what happens to Lula and Dilma. As, as, as of today, this last uh, few months, uh, two or three months, the, the divide in the country has increased, the rhetoric has increased, and the radicalization in the country has increased. It, Brazil is not the only case. Now You have this in the, here in the States, you have in France, you have in other countries, but, uh, but uh, we never had a situation like that. politics in Brazil was less uh, tough as it is now, and uh, in Brazil, the Workers' Party coined the uh, uh, expression, we and them, we and them, and this we and them uh, has serious implications, including within the families, within, among friends. It, it's It's amazing what is happening. This is another characteristic of of what's happening but but the institutions as i said are working and uh, finally i think that uh, from the political point of view what uh, deserves to be watched is in the coming months the beginning of the discussion of the election and i'll I'll, I'll mention this later this is the political scene the the economy is is a different uh, situation Brazil, as I said, until until today, has experienced the greatest recession in our history. For you to have an idea, in the last two years, we had seven percentage points of GDP, seven points of GDP less, three and a half last year and three and a half in 2015. F- Since uh, 2014, the income per capita was reduced by 9 percent, the income per capita. So, uh, uh, as you can imagine, after three years of recession, the the pessimism and the the lack of investment, uh, the effect on on the economy was was uh, was huge. You know, unemployment reached 12 percent, 12 million people, over 12 million, 13 million people unemployed. So it, 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 it was a, a huge, it had a huge impact. The, the bad policies, the mismanagement of the economy, corruption, uh, created this huge recession. Uh, uh, the largest in our history. Now, with the, the reforms, the expectation is improving. There is a, a very slow reaction in the economy. This year, uh, according to, to economists, banks, uh, analysis, the idea is that we will grow around half percent, between half percent and one percent. And I, I, I am also work for the, uh, I'm head of the Council on Foreign Trade of Federation of Industries in Brazil. And I follow the private sector very, very closely, and this is the expectation, between half percent and one percent. But there is one premise, you know, that uh, the the reforms are approved. If you see in the papers, you know, if the Social Security reform and the labor reform are approved towards the end of this month, then I think the the situation will change dramatically because the expectation abroad is that uh, that those reforms will be approved and uh, our expectation is is that uh, they will be approved if they they are not approved then it's the end of the government we will go in another another phase of this economic uh, uncertainty we don't know what's going to happen but if they are approved i think i think that, uh, that we will we'll be in the right path and uh, this macroeconomic uh, reforms will be followed by uh, uh, Microeconomic reforms, small reforms to, to to change the business environment to facilitate the work of the of uh, companies there, and uh, well, this will be uh, uh, helped as well by the political reform, which will help uh, the, the the election period with clearer. Rules in relation to the the political parts in relation to the financing of the campaign. For you to have an idea, uh, 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 this year, as I said, the economy will grow between half uh, percent and one percent. Inflation is the the lowest uh, in, in seven or eight years. is four uh, percent is below the target. We have inflation target. Uh, Uh, system in Brazil. It's below the target. It will be around 4%. Uh, uh, Interest rates are declining. The expectation is that in the next meeting of the committee in charge of uh, fixing the the rate, the interest rate will will be over 1%, 1%, 125%. The expectation is that up to the end of the year, uh, interest rates in Brazil will be around 8%. If you have an inflation of 4%, uh, you will have a real interest rate of uh, around 4%, which is the lowest in many years in Brazil. This will stimulate the growth uh, uh, of the economy investment from the private sector. The exchange rate will will be, uh, as it is today, around one 3.1%. Uh, reais to the the dollar. Investment uh, uh, this year, like, it's amazing, this is another feature. Uh, Despite everything that I described to you, investment, Brazil is one of the three or four largest uh, recipients of investment. Last year, over 86 billion dollars. This year, uh, around 60 billion dollars so uh, uh, it's it's amazing but it's like that it is a big country brazil is one of the tenth the 10 largest countries so the interest in the domestic market is huge despite everything that that is happening and unemployment as i said uh is very high and the expectation is that if everything that uh, i described here happens the reforms are approved the Interest rates, uh, inflation uh, becomes uh, as they are now. The economy will will stabilize, and uh, unemployment uh, will begin to uh, decrease. Beginning of next year, uh, in an electoral year, which uh, which is good. So, if if uh, we approved those reforms. Brazil will, will will come to the election and the, the next government will receive a country much more stabilized a modern country a more much more prepared to face the challenges the the, the 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 difficulties will continue because after 13 years of mismanagement to correct and to stabilize the economy it will take more time this is this is normal it's not to one shot now this is a, a pro a program because the fiscal deficit the, the expenditure of the government the debt by the government is huge is uh, today in April it was 72 percent of GDP it's very high and this has to, to decline and uh, we are doing other things no so Brazil is going to join the OECD which is uh, an important step forward no mm. we uh, we could not not think uh, about this in the in the workers party uh, rule uh, we we are going to uh, start negotiations with other other countries in terms of uh, agreements uh, for you to have an idea as brazil was managed and uh, was closed in the last 15 years, over 400 agreements were negotiated in the WTO, the World Trade Organization. Mercosur and Brazil, three. So we are now the government is saying that it's prepared to negotiate with Japan, with Korea, with Canada. We are in the middle of a negotiation with, uh, with the European Union. Uh, and uh, which is supposedly uh, uh, to be signed uh, next year. So it is. It's a completely different situation uh, in the in the economy. Uh, what are the prospects for uh, 2018? I think that uh, as of today, it's very difficult to forecast. Uh, both in the economy and uh, in the political area, uh, what's going to hap- happen in 2018? As I said, if everything, uh, if uh, if those reforms are approved, uh, Brazil will be better prepared uh, to uh, to, uh, to the election and to the ne- to the to the, the coming to the coming government. The expectation is that next year. Brazil will grow at least two and a half percent. If you imagine that uh, last year we had negative growth three and a half percent and we think that we'll be growing 0.5 uh, percent. To do this in the last quarter of the year Brazil should be growing at two and a half two percent. So we'll get into 2018 growing already to 2.5%, which is a completely different scenario. Inflation will be the same thing, about 3, 4.3%. Interest rate will be, as I said, around 8%. Unemployment uh, will start uh, declining. As far as the corruption is concerned, next year will be a crucial year, because some of the of the trials will be held this year. But the decision... Uh, will be announced next year in most of the countries. So, it uh, will coincide with, with the election. Uh, there is uh, there is, and there will be next year as well, a uh, huge reaction from vested interests. The uh, uh, civil servants, the military, I mean, all the corporations Corporate uh, interests, you know, local uh, interests, in the in the police, and the special interests will, will be opposing the reforms. But I, I think they they will continue next year. Uh, I think that uh, the the external uh, situation, uh, the scenario, uh, foreign scenario, with uh, the improvement of the developed economies, with the emerging. Uh, countries uh, improving as well, will will help, but in a small way, because Brazil is not fully integrated in the in the world economy. It depends on the price of the commodities, a number of factors. And then we'll come uh, to the, the election. In, in 2018 will be an election year. Uh, election will be in October. And uh, as, as I said, at the end of this year, towards the end of this year and the beginning of next year, the names will uh, will emerge. And uh, we we are facing, given the the devastation in the political uh, area of politicians by Lava Jato, by the corruption, uh, we don't know who will survive to to. To be candidates in the election, we have uh, several parties. These difficulties, I think that uh, uh, we, uh, the lack of leadership that we see among governors, among senators, among uh, MPs, uh, representatives, uh, will play will play an important role. We have a, we have an emerging. Uh, group, the evangelicals, the religious uh, people that uh, I think will have a candidate. But uh, I, I don't think that uh, our political systems allow allows uh, uh, an outsider. It's very difficult because in Brazil you have to be registered in a party to be a candidate. And the party structure is so closed that it's difficult for an outsider to manage to convince the party that she, he should be the candidate the uh, 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 small parties don't have what the, in our system uh, there is a uh, TV programs paid by by the state and uh, and by the parties and uh, uh, there, there's no space for small parties the, the the, the time uh, allocated to the parties depending on the representation in the, in the in the Congress. So the small parties have very small, limited period of time, and uh, uh, someone that is not uh, uh, known in the country. Brazil is as large as the United States. is very diverse. Uh, it's, ve- it's impossible to someone unknown to to, to be known uh, uh, in the in the whole country in a short. Short period of time. And I don't think that, uh, that Moro, this, uh, the, the attorney that uh, is uh, leading the investigation there or a former judge uh, 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 Barbosa Joaquim Barbosa will, will present They are personalities, they are very well known, but I don't think that uh, they will present themselves. So we'll have uh, the traditional parties, you not know, the Social Democratic Party, the PMDB, the Workers Party, the Marina Silva, the, the green uh, candidate. You have a rightist uh, guy a, a representative called Bolsonaro. You have someone from the Evangelicals, but uh, I think that uh, the the election will be reduced. You have seven or eight candidates, but. Will be reduced to two candidates someone who will support the current agenda will continue to deepen the reforms and will continue to try to stabilize the country uh, in the coming government and someone who oppose that and uh, i don't think that lula will be the candidate he wants to be but uh, he is very very much uh, involved in this, all these scandals, and probably he will be condemned uh, uh, before the election, and he will not be, according to our legislation, be, uh, uh, be uh, present himself as a candidate. And the, the probable candidate of the opposition will be a former finance minister and a former governor of Sierra, uh, one of the northern states called Ciro Gomes. He will probably be the, 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 the opposition candidate with the support of the Workers' Party. And we'll see what happens. Uh, if if uh, Ciro Gomes or Lula, if they win the election, I think that uh, they will try to, to change most of the things that have been approved so far. And uh, I think that this will lead us in the coming five, ten years to a situation very similar to Greece. Uh, because in the case of Greece, the European Union pay the salaries, pay the pensions. Uh, in, the, in our case, nobody will pay uh, the costs of, uh, of uh, as we see in Rio de Janeiro, right? It's, uh, Rio de Janeiro is already uh, Greece. Uh, state, you know, it's, it's very similar to what is happening in Greece. So, I think, to, just to finish, I think that uh, the coming uh, presidential election will be a, a watershed in our political history. Uh, this election will decide the future of 20, 10, 15, 20, 30 years in, in our history because either we continue with the program of uh, liberalization, the reforms, modernization of the state, reduce the, the, the role of the state, or we'll go in another direction, leading to a closed country, a protectionist country, leading to wrong domestic economic policies and uh, whoever, uh, who knows what uh, what's going uh, to happen. So uh, I think that uh, uh, the, the population in Brazil so far is not aware of this dual uh, situation. But uh, I think that as the election approaches, this will be discussed and uh, will be uh, perceived by the population in a more uh, uh, realistic way because uh, the Workers' Party now uh, has diminished you know, the, the, the Workers' Party became a regional party in the northeast the poorer area of the country but, uh, but uh, the middle class in the southern part of the country uh, has abandoned completely The Workers' Party, and uh, in my view, uh, Lula or the candidates he supports uh, will have uh, difficulty to win the election, but uh, nobody knows, and we'll see what happens. So I'll stop here and uh, wait for, for questions. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Ambassador, for a very uh, complete and very clear presentation of uh, yesterday and today, your beautiful country. Um, We're going to start now a period of uh, questions and answers. And um, I have just, I'll attribute myself, the authority to ask the first question. Since I'm sitting here, you mentioned Lula as a potential winner or a potential candidate, successful candidate in the presidency. Is that is he is the, isn't he uh, prevented from that because of uh, the penal code or the legislation? Not,
2: not, not yet. He he declared that he wants to be a candidate, but according to our rules, uh, if he is uh, tried and uh, is condemned, then in the in Brazil is a very complicated system. You, there is a first uh, uh, condemnation, then there is appeal, and if there is another decision against him then he will be uh, banned from the elections. But uh, this will take place only beginning of next year. So he is now free to be a candidate. And he's saying that he wants to be a candidate. But probably, uh, I think that uh, according to our legislation, he will be prevented to be a candidate because he will be, in my view, uh, uh, indicted and uh, condemned by by the courts there. I see. For a
0: number of reasons. There are four or five cases against him. Well, uh, we'll begin from right to left on this occasion. We'll alternate between the two uh, spheres, (laughs) and uh, I would appreciate that uh, you give us, before asking the question, your name and affiliation and then proceed to ask the question.
1: Uh, thank you, Ambassador. My name is Tim Rideout,
2: non-resident fellow at the German Marshall Fund. I was wondering if you have any predictions or, you know, forecasts, because it's hard to predict things these days about whether Bay will field a candidate for president and also maybe explain a little bit why they haven't in the past um, and if you have any predictions on who
3: Bay will Will put forward, or you think will end up?
2: Thanks. Yeah, PSDB, not PMDB. PSDB. Well, both. Absolutely. Both. No, I, 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 don't think that the PMDB, the the party of the current president, that the, the uh, that they will present a candidate. They they don't have someone uh, strong strong enough politically. Uh, to to be to be a candidate. Uh, I think that PMDB will support someone from the PSDB, and from the PSDB, the three leading uh, potential candidates now: Neves, the head of the party; José Serra, the former foreign minister and the current governor of São Paulo. They were mentioned in in, in the. Uh, uh, in, in receiving money for the campaign uh, illegally. Uh, the question of financing of campaigns is a problem everywhere, as you know. In Brazil, in the last few years, given this cohabitation between the Workers' Party and the, and the government, uh, they, there, there was uh, the, the, our legislation allowed companies to to give money to the political campaign uh, to a certain limit. What happened was that uh, when the companies uh, 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 passed the limit, over, uh, passed the limit, o- pass over the limit they they uh, uh, gave money uh, uh, illegally uh, not not uh, describing not uh, not uh, disclosing the money given and this is now one of the object of the investigation money uh, not legally declared to the campaigns and on top of that there was a problem of corruption because of and others they Uh, they charged, uh, they overcharged the public works they they did, and the difference, they passed to the parties. And this was not, uh, could not be declared. So it's a very uh, complex system. And the the three of them, as you say, and alchemy were mentioned, and uh, we'll have to see none, none of them, have been already declared. You know that uh, the investigation is taking place. None of them so far. But uh, uh, I think that uh, out of the three, Alkmin, uh, uh, the, the, the 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 what we know from press reports is less serious than than the two others. So it remains to be seen if if alchemy uh, uh, is not uh, uh, allowed to to run. Uh, one that uh, is being tipped to be the candidate is the current mayor of Sao Paulo, João Doria. He, belong, he belongs to the PSDB. And, uh, but this is only speculation so far. Uh, but this is the, the, the situation. The PMDB, the PMDB will not have a candidate and the social democracy will have one candidate that we don't know who will be up to now.
0: Ladies first,
3: always. (laughs) My name is Margaret Hayes. Uh, I'm with Georgetown University. And great to see you after a very long time, that's right. Um, You've mentioned reforms, but we don't hear uh, much in the the media or the discussion, at least here, about uh, political party reform, reforms that would limit the number of little parties that make it so difficult to uh, hold to form a coalition in and hold it in in the Congress. What discussion is there there, and because you work with uh, Fiesby, uh what is the posture and the voice of the private sector in terms of the kind of economic reforms that would facilitate Brazil's greater integration to the global economy?
2: Well, as far as the political reform, I I made reference to political reforms. I didn't get into the specifics. But uh, uh, the the political reform is being discussed in the Senate, is well advanced, and uh, I think that it will be approved up to September. And uh, it will include the reduction of the number of the parties, the small parties. For you to have an idea, Brazil has today... Thirty-five political parties registered. There are ten or eleven parties with representation in the Congress. It's very difficult to to in the political decision uh, process. is very difficult because of this uh, atom uh, of, of of the of the parties. So I think that the political reform will include the reduction of the number of the parties, will include a decision on the financing of the campaign. Since the legislation banned now the contributions of uh, private companies to the campaign, uh, the government will have to, to put money. Now, here in the States I think part of the, 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 the cost is covered by the government as well here, and in Europe in part, not all, no? I think there is some money from the government. Uh, in Brazil, uh, most of the money will come from, from the government. Uh, uh, financing, number of parties, coalition will be also banned. Because in our system, crazy system, if you are a public figure, uh, you are elected with a million votes. Uh, you can. Uh, there is a coefficient that uh, to be elected, and if you have the coefficient, let's say it's uh, 250,000. If you have a million votes, you 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 elect three or four, three other people, that may be from other parties. It's a crazy system. This is going to change as well. I mean, I think that it's beginning. All these reforms I'm referring to here are the beginning. They are, they, in Brazil, those reforms uh, have never been discussed in the last 20 years. Reforms were discussed with Cardoso. After Cardoso left, nobody dared to discuss these reforms. Now, we are not only discussing, but trying to to approve them. It's a big difference. As far as the private sector, the private sector is very much in favor of this reform. Now, the labor reform it was very much criticized. By the, I don't know how to say in English, not the terceralização of the, the, I don't know how to say this. Uh, companies may may uh, hire, uh, uh, outsource, yeah, outsourcing uh, labor. And uh, This will help the, the 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 workers and will help the, the companies. The companies were were very favorable. Uh, at all levels they are in favor of the political reform they are in favor of the, the, the labor reform and they are also in, in, in favor of the political reform because this will help to diminish the number of, uh, of uh, cases brought to the attention of the justice in Brazil we have another different thing we have a, a, a labor justice You have courts to judge cases between uh, workers and companies, and for you to have an idea. I was told the number, a very small number here in the cases uh, between companies and workers here in the States, even less in Japan. In Brazil, is three million per year. You need a, a, an army of lawyers to, 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 to deal with all these uh, legal cases that uh, if you fire someone in Brazil, the next day he, the guy goes to a court and says that uh, he was fired without notice, without this, and that, and then you, you, you have a case that will take months, years. It's, it's a crazy system. And uh, the, the, the new labor legislation, uh, indirectly will reduce the number of uh, legal cases between workers and, uh, and companies. So uh, the private sector, sector is, is very f- uh, positive in relation to the reforms. Very
0: good. On this side, any questions? We have no takers here, so we go again to the left. Uh, no, 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 yeah.
1: the gentleman, right? Uh, yes, my name is Fernando Batista. I'm with Invest USC. I used to be with the World Bank, IFC, and um, I just have a few. You know, I just while you were talking, I had some thoughts about um, how you spur domestic consumption in a realistic and good way right now in this transitional mode. Secondly. Uh, you mentioned in trade policy three countries, that is um, Korea, Japan, and Canada. And um, I was expecting to hear China as well, so I want to see your perspectives on the role that China could play.
0: Uh,
2: uh, you, you, if you understood what you asking about, about China and the the relation with Brazil, the China, as we see, uh, is this the question? Why don't don't you try to make it clear? You know know that uh, China is our leading trading partner. Until five years ago, the United States was the leading trading partner to Brazil. Now it's China for five years now. And we have a a growing relationship with China. Brazil is also a member of the BRICS. A group, which I think that uh, nobody is paying too much attention, not even in Brazil. But I think that this is a, a this is a, a very important thing that in the coming years, especially when Brazil uh, grows again and has a, 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 a reasonable foreign policy that we we lost. That Brazil had no foreign policy in the last 15 years. Had a, uh, what they, they thought it was a foreign policy, but it was not a foreign policy defending our, our interest. Defended interest from many countries, but not from our direct interest. And uh, I think that these BRIC countries will, will have a say in, in not now, that they will form a, a common agenda gradually. They are different countries. No, Brazil is not nuclear. All the others are nuclear. They are regional powers, with the exception of Brazil. Brazil has no regional policy, but we will eventually will have. The others are, have regional policies, and and uh, I think that uh, uh, when Brazil becomes normal again, uh, uh, BRICS uh, will will be one uh, one arm of uh, for Brazilian foreign, important arm of Brazilian foreign policy so china for us now they are investing tremendously in Brazil since the united states companies are reluctant they are investing in infrastructure and energy they are they are occupying all the spaces there but they are they have low profile they are working uh, they open a new bank new economic bank they just approved a, a loan to develop uh, renewable energy in Brazil, it's a it's a huge thing, and this will eventually will will be an important uh, player. I think in, uh, not now, but in five ten years, I think that we'll hear more than uh, you hear now about uh, about BRICS and Ch- China will continue to be an important player to Brazil. Why? Because Brazil will continue to be a, 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 a food supplier to China. Even if, it chi- if China grows less than 4, 5, 6 percent, Brazil, contrary to other Latin American countries, Brazil exports two important uh, products for them. Iron ore and soya. This is food and essential to, to steel that. So, the, the, what I'm trying to say is that uh, the, the uh, imports from China of these two products will continue. So, uh, Brazil will continue to be an important player uh, in the coming years from with, uh, with China.
0: Very good. I what you... Any more questions? Yeah, the gentleman who was prior and then... You will. Thank you very Go much. Uh, I'm very glad to ask after this gentleman about China and uh, Brazil and especially your answer about the China and Brazil relationship. My name is James Gao from the Chinese Embassy. Uh, my question is about uh, Brazil is as one of the very important emerging countries. So what do you think about the common challenges and opportunities? Uh, both for China and Brazil and the emerging countries as a whole. And China will host the BRICS summit this year in September. So, and I expect Brazil will host the summit in 2019, which is after your election. Uh, what do you expect to achieve in this September summit as well as in 19, uh, 2019? Thank you. Yeah, a
2: conference. There's a conference on water in September? It's on, on on what? Brick, I think you said brick. Bricks bricks. Well, uh, they they are developing. I'm going to China uh, next month, beginning of next month, to take part in a meeting there on on uh, one road, one belt, which is a huge initiative, multi billion dollars, covering I don't know how many countries, sp- spreading by land, by sea. Uh, 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 connections, uh, trade connections, cultural connections, a huge thing. I, I was invited to, to speak there, and I will learn uh, what, uh, what, uh, what are the potentials, because uh, it's an idea so far, but uh, China is putting uh, strong uh, efforts, uh, huge efforts to develop this uh, idea, that will increase the uh, the presence of China and the influence of China in that in that region. And we will we'll try we'll try to discuss how the Portuguese-speaking countries uh, could uh, could be part of it or associate with it in the, in the trade, in culture, whatever.
0: Very promising. Yes, my dear friend. <laughs> Alex Watson from Hills & Company.
2: I'm wondering, Mr. Ambassador, what you think the major obstacles are in Brazil that Brazil must overcome to integrate more fully with the global economy that you pointed out is uh, an objective now. And uh, similarly, what obstacles must be overcome to improve uh, productivity of Brazilian firms in such a way that
1: they can compete as effectively as possible in the global economy?
2: Well, I think that the, the, the most important uh, 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 question that we have to face is competitiveness. I think that Brazil is losing places. If you see the World Bank index about uh, productivity, Brazil is losing uh, places there every year. And this is due to what we call, in Brazil, the Brazilian cost. It is a question of uh, taxation, uh, price of energy, uh, labor, uh, interest rates, uh, uh, exchange rate. uh, And this is being tackled now with these reforms. This is the beginning, as I said. The reforms are the beginning of a process that will have an impact on competitiveness. You know what's happening to show how, how serious is the situation. A Brazilian company producing in Brazil is not competitive. The same company closes down in Brazil and moves to Paraguay. It is competitive and exports to the world. So, the cost, that is not a question of uh, uh, productivity or the, there are problems of productivity as well, but I, I think that the, 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 most in, the most serious problem that Brazil face in the economy, in the economy is the lack of competitiveness. Because the companies are suffering. Uh, exchange rate may help a bit. But uh, we need to to have not three, uh, twenty, but four to be highly competitive. But this is artificial. We had in the past, and uh, part of the the problems that we face, uh, we didn't get into details, were incentives that the government gave to companies there. Uh, 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 Tax exemptions, uh, fiscal incentives, whatever artificially to help companies to be more competitive. And this finished. uh, Brazil has no more uh, uh, possibility to continue to give tax exemptions or to give incentives, because there's no money. The Workers' Party broke the country, went bust. Now we are correct, and there is no money to do that. Even even if the government wished, there is no money to do that. On the other side, I'm helping in the industrial area, helping uh, one of the segments there, the the IT area, that uh, IT and automobile industries are are challenged now by the WTO. Europe and Japan are questioning the industrial policies in the uh, automobile and in the IT area, informatics. So uh, this will have to change as well. Otherwise, we will be retaliated by by the countries in the WTO. So uh, the situation changed completely. And we will have to to, uh, adjust uh, the uh, policies to improve competitiveness. This is one aspect. Productivity is an aspect of the competitiveness. It has to do more with companies, and then the question of labor force. This reform that is being approved. This will improve productivity, and uh, they will have to 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 resort to uh, more uh, technological uh, advances. No, because Brazil, with the crisis, the management of the crisis companies are. Uh, concentrated on on the short term we have to to start thinking on more uh, on a more uh, uh long longer term basis and uh, innovation technology will increase productivity as the labor reform will help to increase productivity as well so these two problems are been discussed there uh? And uh, some of the measures that are being tackled by the Congress in the reforms, especially the labor reform, will help to improve uh, competitiveness and productivity.
0: One last question. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Ambassador. Thank you, Ambassador. It was good to hear you in this town again. Uh, My question is a political question. Would you you give mentioned us, uh, your name and affiliation. Uh, uh, Luis Bitencourt from the Paris Center, National Defense University, and Georgetown University. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, you, you mentioned the processes ongoing uh, against Lula. He was just heard by the by the judge in a highly celebrated momentum in Curitiba, and there's a lot of discussion about his futures. Uh, What, in in your scenario that you built about the next elections, what would be worse now if Lula is put in jail uh, because (laughs) of the accusations in the process and then becomes a sort of martyr in the the movement, or if Lula is just let be free? No, I I don't think he'll be in
2: jail. I think he'll be condemned. But uh, so far, uh, what uh, the accusations against him the two most important, and those who will be uh, examined before, are the the question of the the flat in Guarujá and the the farm, a small farm in the interior of Sao Paulo. And this, if he is judged and condemned, he will be uh, unable to present himself as a candidate. But this doesn't just, in my view, does not justify uh, him in jail. You can have, in, according to our system, you can have social work. You can have, you can give other penalties. And I don't think for those two problems that uh, it is justifiable to put him in jail. I don't. I don't think that this uh, would be uh, a solution because there will be uh, a huge, a huge, a huge reactions from public opinion. But. Uh, 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 I, 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 I think that uh, that uh, the judge there, the, the Moro, uh, will, will should take this in consideration, and when he decides what to do, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that uh, I, I, I think that Lula uh, will support uh, Ciro Gomes. I think that uh, uh, the Workers' Party will have the traditional 25, 30 percent in the country, but no more than that, because uh, Lula was elected with the huge support of the middle class. And now the Workers' Party lost the middle class. Uh, if you go to Sao Paulo, Rio, and the rejection, uh, Lula's rejection, according to the polls, is 65, 70 percent. Rejection. Rejection. So it's, uh, it's very difficult for him to get elected, but he can make trouble. He can, uh, uh, well, have the crowd after with, with him against uh, the system, against uh, other candidates. But, but I, I, I think, as I said, that uh, he will support uh, Ciro or another candidate from this, the left, But uh, given the changes in the country and the rejection the Workers' Party and himself uh, has today have today, I think that uh, that uh, it would be a surprise to me if they they win
0: the next election. Thank you, Rubens, and thank you very much uh, for having been with us this afternoon. Let's give a final round of applause for our speaker.